Boisai, Gvaldigas Chos, to hear from Mary Platzker, who Baruch Hashem we've heard from in the past. Tonight is a little bit different. Platzker had his Chos to live in Gateshead for seven years, developed a very close Shaykhis with the Lakewood Mashkiach, Tzichatzadik Levracha, and also continued a very close Shaykhis when he was here in America. So, as Hashem, We'll take from the Divri Chizik, from the Divri Cyrus, from the Ma'al ourselves, and Zainas Chus for the Meshkiyach Zatzal. I feel very unworthy to give Divri Hesper, but just telling over some uh, thoughts, Machshavah stories about the Meshkiyach Zatzal, Matzio Chaim, Ben Rabbi Yaakov. As Rabbi Vilinsky mentioned, we lived in Gateshead, my wife is from Gateshead. Rabbi Rogan's wife is also from Gateshead, we're brother-in-laws. And Baruch we both had the schus of knowing Ramatisio while we lived in Gateshead for the, whatever Tukufa it was. And then when we moved back to America, Ramatisio and his Rebbitzin told us, where are you going to be your home away from home? And we had the schus to be there for Yom Taifim, we had the schus to be there for Shabbosos. And uh, just uh, so money, I wasn't a Talmud Muvok, but I find myself quoting just things that I heard and things that I saw just regularly throughout my daily living. I wanted to share with you just really who Matzio was, and then some just go into a bit more detail. So Matzio actually was born in Gateshead, Irakodesh, the Shlaim of Europe. And he was born, his father was Rabbi Yaakov, his mother was Rebetzin Etel. My wife actually had the schus on Yom Naraim. She actually davened right next to Matzio's mother, Allah Shalom. And she said that just watching Matzio's mother davening, Yom Naraim davening, just impacted her for life. It was just unbelievable. We actually knew Ramatzio's brothers as well, Rabbi Israel, Rabbi Uncle Joe. We were very close. We used to call him Uncle Joe. Very close. And Baruch Hashem, we had, uh, we had, uh, you know, we had a shaykhus to Ramatzio and his extended family as well. Rebellia Lapian, even though Ramatzio learned to Rebellia Lapian for a very short kufa, he considered Rebellia uh, the Baal Musa, the Leva Yahu, as being his Rabbi Muvak. And for 16 years, he was Chavrusais with Rukhaim Kaufmazatzal, the Mechaber of Sefer Mishcha Shemen, which is a very, very monumental work. And Baruch Hashem, Chaim Kaplan was a tremendous guy and a tremendous Talmud Chacham. He was a Shiva Yeshiva L'Tzirim in Gateshead. And they were Cherusas together for 16 years. In 1960, Ramatzio married uh, Rebetzin Falk, Miriam Falk, who was Rabbi Eliyahu Falk's, Zatzal's sister. Also the sister of Rabbi Dunner, Rabbi, Rabbi Dunner from here from Yishiftana. And the Baruch Hashem, it's a, it's a tremendous, amazing family full of Torah, Voida, and Yerushalayim. When I was originally back in Gateshead, so Matzio at that point in time was the Mashkiach of the, of the Gateshead Yeshiva, really one of the prime Yeshivas in all of Europe. He before that was a sister Mashkiach under Moshe Schwab, and then eventually he came in 1998, he was invited to be here in America to work alongside Reb Nassimeyer Wachtvogel for several years. There were months, actually, until Rav was Nifter. And when Rav Rachtvogel heard that Rav Matzio was coming, he was elated. He was thrilled. So excited. He asked him, why are you so excited? He said, do you know what's coming? Do you know what's coming to be joining America? To joining the Spanish Kavaya? Rav Matzio Solomon. He's going to impact America and the world. And so Rav did. The, the ripple effect Rav had 
around the world, whether you were his Talmud, or you learned his Svarim, or you were affected by someone who was his Talmud, is, it's not unlikely that somebody in the Torah world was not impacted in some way or form by Ramatis Yo. He fought for Midas, he fought for Kedusha, he fought for Tahara, very, very famous, some of you may or may not be familiar with City Field, some of you may have been there at City Field, Ramatis monumental drush at City Field when there was a whole uh, Sifa discussing the challenges of the technology around us. Today, as a schus for I joined the Vayimoyen program, which also enhances Kedusha, and just in making our lives a more wholesome life. Matzio offered encouragement to really everybody. It didn't have to be that you learned in Lakewood Yeshiva, whether you were young, whether you were old, whether you are very from or not as from a Yeshiva man, a Balabas, Matzio was able to, what, the, the beauty and the mastery, aside from being a, an unbelievable orator, the mastery of Matzio to bring himself down to no matter what level you are at, he was able to connect with you no matter what level you are at. And there was um, so really, really something tremendously unbelievable. Now you think, it's a mashkiach, okay, it's a mashkiach. What about his asmoda? What about his learning? What about his Torah learning? So my brother-in-law mentioned that he, sp- he spent some time actually in Matzio's house as well, and he said the Yerushalmi, the Talmud Yerushalmi on the shelves of Matzio's bookcases were more worn than the Talmud Bavli's that are in many people's houses. Matzio was known to be a tremendous masvid. He was the executive of what they called the then the executive of the, of the Gates at Kylo, the prime Kylo in, all, in England and really Europe and really across the world, one of the prime, prime Kailalim. He was executive, which is sort of like, sort of like the Reish Kol, Reish, Reish Kailal, which means that ultimately he was like the Reish Kailal, not just a Mashkiach, a Baal Musar, but a Baal, a Ben, a Mamash, a and beyond. So Matzio, really to us, you look at the pictures that are floating around, there's so many pictures that people are sharing from one end, from the other end of the world, and just you see the Simchi, you see the Ahava, the love, the simcha, the tremendous joy of just what it means to be a Taira Yid. And I quoted, last night I actually went to the Levaya by JFK airport, and I mentioned to Matzio's son-in-law, something that, Mamash, as I was davening two days ago, reminded me of Matzio's vart. I remember hearing from him, we say in davening, I give, we thank you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Sha'atu Hashem Alekeinu 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 so we look at the fact that I give thanks to Yakash Baruch Hu. Why do I thank you, Yakash Baruch Hu? Because ultimately you're the one who creates the world. And therefore I'm thanking you for all the different following things that you do for me. Ramatio said, Chazal put many, many thoughts into this tefillah. And it says, I give thanks to Yakash Baruch Hu. You know why I give thanks to you? Because you are our God. We have a shaykhist to you. We have a connection to you. Is there a greater reason to give thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for that? Thank you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that divine Torah that Mashiach said then resonated with me. I'm not just thanking him for the daily things that I have, brushing my health and my, everything else, my family, everything that goes around me. But I'm thanking him for the fact that you're my father, my God, you're my, my parents, God, back, back, and forward, forward. Right? And that's such a reason for being moidim. Matasio was known for his great heart, his great svarim, his classic matnas chayim, 
and he was known in many ways even more so for his great, for his great, sorry, for his great mind, and even more so for his great heart. The love, the care, the dedication he had for people. I'll just share with you a few stories between him and his Rebetzin also was a tremendous, tremendous Eishas Chayil, really there all the time for him. The next door neighbor of the Solomon family, right next to Lakewood Yeshiva, was a family by the name of the Epsteins. I happen to know the Epsteins as well. And they developed a very, very close connection. Very Friday nights, the Rebetzin and Solomon would go over to the Epsteins, the Epsteins would come to them, and they had a very, very close connection, almost mamish like family. And one of Matsyo's younger daughters became a Kala. And it was a tremendous simcha for the family, tremendous simcha for the family. And the Epsons were so excited to be part of that simcha. And unfortunately, during the engagement period, Rabbi Epstein was nifter, thereby preventing the Epstein family from being mishatav in the simcha. They're available, they can't join. And it was very hard for them because they were so close to the Solomons. The morning of the chasana, there was a note on the Epstein's door. And they said, please do not prepare supper tonight because the caterer will be coming from the wedding hall to your house to give you the fresh meal that we're serving at the chasana. We want you to feel part of our simcha because you are our family. And not only that, after the chilpo took place, there was another knock at the door. Right? Who's there? Come in. Right? We have fresh Polaroid pictures that we just took at the chasana. The Solomons asked us to bring them to you. Right? On the day of a child's chasana, who thinks about that? When you live your life thinking about other people, that's what you do. Someone came to the house to visit the Solomons, and he said to Marcel, he's really not available right now. He's not available. The person said, it's so important. He said, he's not available. But it's so important. It's mamish, it's bikuchna, I must speak to him right now. He said, okay, fine, he's down in the basement. He went down to the basement, and he saw Marcel was downstairs. Marcel, a venerable, venerable mashkiach, Right, those who have seen pictures of him, Mamasha, a beautiful hadras panim, always makbut to dress properly, was in the basement, shirt sleeves, his frock was off, and he was making popcorn with a bunch of teenagers that were struggling with the Yiddishkeit. He would deal with somebody whose whole entire world, the whole world decisions were on his shoulders. But he made time for, for these teenagers. He made time for the Epsteins. And he made time for the young orphans. Amazing story I heard today. That there, somebody once came to Solomon's house, and he saw, as he's coming to Matzio's house, he saw that there were a bunch of, a bunch of women and young, young, young boys in the, the Solomon's house. He said, what are they doing here? Why are they here? He says, well, Matzio's busy right now, but if you want, you can wait till he's done. He'll be able to have time for you. He said, okay, well, what am I waiting for? He says, Matzio was an orphan at a young age, and he always had a very, very close shaykhus and a feel for orphans and anybody who's going through any through difficult, time, difficult time. And he said, Matzio made a kvias. So again, we're dealing with somebody who the world's decisions would come to his doorstep, right? Whose time was so precious, he made a kvias to do homework with these young children who came from single-family homes. Five minutes at a time. Five minutes for one child, five minutes the next child, five minutes the next child. To just show, to care, to boost these kids whose life was difficult enough as it was, so that he gave up his own time to give to them. Unbelievable story. You know, Pesach is a time, very often, that we... We look forward to a break. Ah, oh, time off. I'm off of yeshiva, right? The Ramatzio, who had such an intense schedule, you think that Pesach was a time when he would close the doors. There was a family in Gateshead that had a child with leukemia. And I checked afterwards who it was. Uh, a child with leukemia, they had, the kind of her, they had, I think it was either 10 or 12 children. I don't know what stage it was. But the child was sick, and the mother was so, the parents were so, so busy with the child, they weren't able to make Pesach. So Ramatzio said, no problem. Come to me. And the whole entire family 
with all the 10 or 12 children, however many it was at that time, moved into the Solomon family. He looked after them, aside from all of his own Enochloch, and all his own family, he looked after them as well. Now, we, we had the schus of hearing Matzio Davin. Matzio's davening was an exemplary davening. His Yemen Aroim davening, his general weekday davening was unbelievable, and his, exem- and his Yemen Aroim davening was, was really so moving, so inspiring. There's a beautiful story that's, that that uh, you may or may not know, but I'll share it with you either, nonetheless. Around 35 years ago, unfortunately, Gateshead is a very, very small town. Gateshead at that point in time was around 250 families, maybe even less than that, and literally everybody knew everybody else. Imagine a town of 200 families, right? Everybody knows everybody else. And when there's a simcha, it's everybody's simcha. When there's a tzara, it's everybody's tzara. And around 35 years ago, there was a very, very difficult year that people were being nifted, young people were being nifted one after another. I think that they said there were around 11 tiras in the, in the course of that, in that year, which for that town of such a small size was, was really, really terrible. And it was, there was some sort of gzera raw on the town. And Matisio, actually I heard the, uh, heard the uh, detail later on, that Matisio gathered together a bunch of young light, and he said, we need to change the gzera. I want you to go home and I want you to talk to everybody with an eye in teva. I want you to go home, and no matter what's going on, only positive. We, want, we need a gzeira teva. And the way to do a gzeira teva is to treat everybody with an eye in teva. To treat everybody with a compliment. And don't get upset. And just be kind and caring and compassionate. And when we do behave that way, then the Bresham will return the, return the favor as well. But that, that Rosh Hashanah, somebody was nifted right before Rosh Hashanah, another tragedy. And that Rosh Hashanah, Matzio got up to Davin. When Matzio said those words, the energy, the tshuva, the tefillah, the tzedakah, the whole yeshiva behind him was roaring with energy. Matzio, his davening was so holy, so hailing. At that point in time, he burst a blood vessel, and the blood that dripped out landed on the words Zeroya HaGezeira. This machzer is still visible 35 years later. It's actually in London. I have a picture of it, if anybody really wants to see it. But Lamaisa. That year, there were no more tragedies. Matzios Kayach combined with the towns of good deeds, right? But Royak Zewa, the Royak Zewa was blotted out for that year. Matzios Tfila, the, the dam, was replaced, instead of and the people, was replaced on the Machsa, on the words Royak Zewa. Remember, I asked Matzio a few Shilas myself over the course of years. I'll just bring down two that I asked him personally. And then I'll end with the beautiful dry Torah that I say at least once or twice a year. I asked him that I was a Rebbe in a yeshiva at the time, not here. And I was teaching about, I was coming up to Pesach, and I said, you know, can I show my Talmidim, you know, they have these videos out there about what the Makkas looked like, computerized imagery of what, you know, the Makkas, Makkas Dam, Tzradeah, can I show it to my class? And Ramatzio told me no. I asked him, but a picture is worth a thousand words. He said, exactly. He said, the Torah is infinite. The Torah is unbelievable. What took place in the Makkah is, is beyond our wildest comprehension. We have an imagination that Akashvara gave to us. And when you lock your imagination in by seeing these images, 
That's what, when you're learning about makas, dam, tzmedeya, kinim, orev, dever, etc., for the rest of your life, that's where you go into picture. And it was, it was far, far beyond what you can imagine. And therefore, he says, don't show it to your class. Let them use imagination. And it's a gift to Makadosh Baruch Hu. I used to, I was teaching younger grades at the time, and I also had a bingo chart that I, that I gave out to my class. You dive in the well, you got a sticker, you put on the bingo chart, and twice a week I would do a little bingo raffle. It was a kavanas halev on top and one to seven on the side. You know, chaf six, if you won, you got a prize. La, uh, nun, nun seven, you got a prize. Whatever. So, Asimat, so do I have to teach the Talmidim that ultimately, you know, there are kids who dive in nicely during the week, but they didn't win. They didn't win the bingo raffle. So I said, do I have to learn that ultimately sometimes in life you don't always win? Or should I give a prize? Ramatsio said, you must reward for effort. We know that Akash Baruch who judges us not on the mac- how much we do. In Akash Baruch Baruch judges us on our effort as well. How much talent and how much ability we're putting in. How much kaiks we're putting in. And if a child davened well, so you evaluate. You can get 20 stickers a week. If you think 12 is a good davening, then he has to give him something. Don't give him the grand prize. But not everybody has to get that they didn't put the effort in. But if they put the effort in, you must reward him. And I'll end with this vart, which really I carry with me, especially over the previous autumn months. Ramatzio once told me that he was walking through the forest, where Pesach Kron actually brings the story down. With a, okay, I heard it directly from Ramatzio, so I'm saying the version that I heard from Ramatzio. And Ramatzio was once walking with, the, they had a minig in the shul in those days, that they would put trees, as many people do nowadays, with flowers. They had trees that they would decorate the shul with on Shavuos. And they had a meaning dafka to use evergreen trees. And he asked his Rebbe, why dafka do we use evergreen trees? What's the idea of evergreen trees? And his Rebbe told him the following. He said, you know, during the spring, all the trees look the same. During the summer, all the trees look the same. He said, when fall comes, some of the trees start turning colors and some of the trees don't. Says the trees around us, the maple trees, the oak trees, and all the other trees, the birch trees, the leaves turn purple and green, purple and red and orange and yellow, all different colors. But the evergreen remains green. And imagine what the evergreen is feeling at that moment in time. He's looking at himself, I'm green. And he looks at his friend, wow, you look so beautiful. He looks to the left, the flaming orange tree next to him, wow, why can't I be flaming orange? I'm still green. And a day goes by, a week goes by, he's waiting for him, his colors to change, and he just remains green. And then, another week goes by, and the tree, the wind starts blowing, and the trees, the leaves are falling off the trees, and they're flying up in the air, and they're dancing, and they're dancing, and they're swirling and twirling, and the evergreen says, but I'm still stuck to this tree. Why can't I be flying and dancing like they are? And then slowly the wind dies down, and the trees that release their leaves, the leaves now land on the ground and they stay there. And another week goes by and those trees go from the flaming orange to a dirty brown until they eventually decompose completely. And Matzio said, that is who we are as Kali Yisrael. The Torah is a tree of life. It's a tree of life. We might look around at the world around us and we might see this color and that color and look so beautiful and look so glorified and look so amazing, look so wonderful. And they're dancing and they're swirling and twirling. 
But says the Maseo, ultimately, it's just a path on the way to their eventual, eventual leaving. Right? But if you hold on to the tree of life, you hold on to the Torah, that's something, a gift that we have forever. And that's something that really, I, I say this word by Sukkot's time, and I say this word usually Shavuot's time as well. It's an amazing, amazing vart, and that's really how Matzio lived his life, appreciating the Maidim Anachnulach, appreciating how, how, what a schus it is to be a member of Klai Yisrael, the living your life of Torah, living life of Chesed, living life of Avoidah, living life of Amuna. And we know that when a tzaddik is nifter, all those ideas, all those midas are up in the air. So let's grab what we can. Let's grab our Matzio's tefillah and daven with more kavano. Let's grab his asmada and put a little exit in for our learning. Let's grab those bingo charts that he said and put the, realize that it's the effort that we put in. Let's grab the chesed that he and his Rebetzin did for the so many. And let's grab the love of Klai Yisrael that Matzio represented for all walks of life. Yehizur Chibaruch, may be made a for all of us in Vizayichet to the Gula Shlema b'mheira v'yameinu. It says mute. It says mute. So push it again.